I, I love Christmas. What a great time of year. Uh, I love the family stuff and all that stuff. How many of you kids, let's just take a little survey. How many kids like the cookies? Christmas cookies, somebody, raise your hand. Even if you're an adult and you like Christmas cookies, come on. How many of you have some in your purse right now, just in case? <laughs> all right, that's so good. I love that. I'm going to put a couple pictures of Christmas cookies on the screen, and I want, I want you to kind of uh, raise your hand if you like this one. Go ahead and put that first one up there. Okay, how many of you are like, yeah, let's go. I don't know what you call these things, but they got Hershey Kisses on them, and they are amazingness, yeah. All right, go to the next one for me. Okay, anybody like that one? I don't, what do you call this one? Somebody help me out. Crinkle, chocolate crinkle. Is that what we're going with, crinkle? All right, there it is. I like those too. Go to the next one for me. Okay, ginger snaps, come on. Except I like the soft ones, not the crunchy ones, right? That's the way that I have, absolutely. Go to the next one. Okay, these are special to me, and maybe you don't have these, but my grandmother, uh, 25 years ago, used to make these, and they are a soft molasses iced amazingness is what they are. And uh, so I had to put that up there. Okay, go to the next one for me, okay? There we go, spritz cookies or whatever you call them like that. And one more, come on, oh, let's go. Just put some frosting and sprinkles and we'll just have a day. Yeah, that's so good, I love that. But uh, uh, of course we're not, you know, we like to have fun with this stuff, but, but the reason that we're here today is not to talk about Santa Claus and cookies, even though, even though I love the nostalgia of Christmas. I love Christmas trees and Christmas lights and I love family stuff and gifts, and we will do all of those things. Um, but right now, like, it's just a few moments where we really kind of just zero in on the birth of Jesus, and where we think and talk about that uh, together. The Christmas season is truly special, uh, and it's fun, but don't miss what this is really about, okay? The reason for the season, we like to say, and all that, okay? A Savior has been born. In 1868, uh, an Episcopalian priest from Philadelphia wrote the lyrics to the famous song, O Little Town of Bethlehem. You know that one? O Little Town of Bethlehem. Okay, here we go. Uh, his name was Philip Brooks. And three years before that, he had traveled to Israel. And on Christmas Eve, he rode a horseback six miles from Jerusalem to Bethlehem in the evening uh, the stars are out. It's this crystal clear, amazing night. He looks over and there is legit, authentic shepherds in the fields right here. And he's just overcome and overwhelmed with this moment. Uh, he had given his life to ministry. And in that moment, he kind of remembered why. Uh, th this Jesus, this God had changed his life in so many different ways. And in this moment, uh, a, a serious authentic moment, he, he, he penned these words, okay? And he wrote this, O little town of Bethlehem, how still we see thee lie. Above thy deep and dreamless sleep the silent stars go by. Yet in the dark streets shineth the everlasting light. The hopes and fears of all the years are met in thee tonight. And a few, a few weeks later, actually, an organist buddy of his put the whole thing to song, and we had the very first O Little Town of Bethlehem song that was sung. It then made it into the hymnal and 
blew up and is now an amazing song that we sing every single Christmas. Okay, one of the fascinating things about this particular song, O Little Town of Bethlehem, is that there's a little rift between England and America over the right way to sing it. You didn't know that, did you? Okay, yeah, it's for real. In fact, the way that you know it, and I sang it a moment ago, and we're gonna sing it at the end of the service as we do kind of our candlelight part, um, that's the right way, okay? We'll just start that. We can all just agree on that. But really quickly, let me, let me play like 20 seconds of the England version of this song, okay? Go ahead and play that for me. they did. That's not the song, right? I agree with you. Uh, these lyrics actually were originally written for children. The, 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 his Sunday school class was in mind as he wrote this, but the idea of Bethlehem is an interesting idea when it comes to, to Christmas. Quickly, quickly, let me tell you a couple things about Bethlehem, things that we know from the Bible. Uh, like, God could have chosen to be born anywhere, by the way, and he chooses to be born in Bethlehem. Uh, first, Bethlehem, 90 miles from Nazareth, six miles from Jerusalem. Some of you are like, I don't know why that matters. Uh, but Nazareth, which is way up at the top of that little dotted line that you can see, that's where Mary and Joseph would have grown up. That's where they were living. And they had to travel straight south 90 miles uh, through a bunch of nasty Trevain and all sorts of things to Bethlehem, which is at the bottom and has that little star. And so that kind of paints northern Israel out, all the way down to southern Israel. And then we have Jerusalem, which is just six miles from Bethlehem. That's where um, Mr. Brooks traveled on horseback when he wrote that old little town of Bethlehem. Uh, Jerusalem's a big deal in Israel. It, it has been for a long time. And it's eventually where Jesus would be crucified. It had the temple there. It's where they did holy sacrifices to God and all of these things before Jesus. And so Jesus is born just a little south of that in Bethlehem, 90 miles from where they grew up and just a few minutes from, uh, uh, from Jerusalem. We also know Bethlehem was on the map and was famous for being the birthplace of a man named David. King David is how the, is how the Jewish people remember him. Uh, he fought a, fought a giant when he was a kid. You know that story if you've been in Sunday school. But eventually would become king over all of Israel and was an amazing king. Uh, he really put Jerusalem right there as the center of everything. And he was born in Bethlehem. And, and David made some mistakes along the way, but he was humble and authentic and repentant. And this, this amazing man was just, goes down in history, okay, even bigger than Rudolph, like he went down in history for the right things. Uh, and, and what's cool is actually, like, David shows up in the story, or his name shows up in the story of Jesus' birth. This is from Luke chapter 2. It says, Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and the line of David. Has anyone here done your like 
family tree went through the time to do that? Raise your hand if you've done that. Okay, like three of us. Wow. You, don't, you didn't, even in like seventh grade, you didn't have to draw the maps and different things? No one's done that. Okay. Uh, well, if you would do that for Joseph and for Jesus, and you would go back 26 generations, you would find David. 26 generations, you'd find David. Uh, and so we know Bethlehem is on the map because it was the birthplace for this famous uh, Jewish king named King David, who eventually would come, we would have Joseph in that line. What else do we know about Bethlehem? And we'll just talk about this one and then kind of bring some things together. Bethlehem was where the Messiah was prophesied to be born. Now, I don't know if you know this, okay? The Bible is split up into basically two halves, even though the first half actually takes about three-fourths of the Bible, and the second half is, is, is the one-fourth. It's split when Jesus comes into the picture. And the first half really is telling a lot of the Messiah that would one day come, and the second part is the Messiah is now here. But here's what's crazy about this first half or this first three quarters that we know as the Old Testament, is there are literally about a hundred or more messianic prophecies. What that means is, hundreds of years before Jesus was ever born, there were people who prophesied that the Messiah would come and that he would do certain things, be certain places, and all of that type of stuff. It's crazy, actually, to look at. One of those things, very specifically, was that the Messiah would one day come and he would be born in the city of Bethlehem. All right, the Messiah, the Jewish Messiah would come, and we read this, Micah chapter 5 is the main place that we see this. This is 700 years before Jesus was ever born. This is written, and we have this in our Bible. It says, but you, Bethlehem, though you are small among the clans of Judah, out of you will come for me one who will be ruler over Israel, whose origins are from old, from ancient times. Now, when, he, when, when this man named Micah wrote this right here, Israel was in ruins. A few years before, they had been completely demolished and overtaken by the Assyrians, historically. Uh, the, the temple destroyed. Everything is, is horrendous for them. And he writes this prophetic thing. By the way, Micah predict, also predicted that they would get overrun, okay? But that's a different thing, all right? He predicts then, in the middle of this, that a Messiah, a Savior, would one day come and fix things for Israel. Now, Israel, the Jewish people, assumed that this would be a military leader who would show up on the scene and free them, okay? They did not expect a baby to be born in the middle of a stinking stable and put in a place where animals eat out of. That's not what they thought. But it is fascinating to me that we see this. The Jewish people had been waiting for hundreds of years for this Messiah to, be, to come and to be born. This is why we have in, our, in the song, O Little Town of Bethlehem, we have this line, the hopes and fears of all the years are met in thee. The hopes and fears, they had literally been hoping for hundreds of years, and fear was every day all around them as now the Roman Empire had taken over. Okay, fear, messy political, all this type of stuff. And they waited, and they hoped, and they were afraid, and they feared, and, they, and then out of the darkness, in the middle of the night, in Bethlehem, God steps into our world in the form of a baby, like all frail and, and weak and needy, like the opposite of God is what that is. He steps into this 
Bethlehem was where the Messiah was prophesied to be born. Now, picture with me making that six-mile trip just like Phillips Brooks did from Jerusalem in the middle of the night to Bethlehem. The stars are shining. It's dark. And being in that moment, O little town of Bethlehem, how still we see thee lie. Above thy deep and dreamless sleep the silent stars go by. Yet in the dark streets shineth the everlasting light. The hopes and fears of all the years are met in thee tonight. Luke chapter 2, let me kind of transition by reading this with just together. Luke 2 verse 1 says, In those days Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria. And everyone went to their own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and the line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born. And she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them. And the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly a great company of the heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth. Peace to those whom his favor rests. Will you please stand with me all over this place? The story of Christmas is the beginning of a much bigger story of a God who really reached in and reached out to people. And in, in our frailty, in our messiness, in our pain and sinfulness, he, he sent Jesus to come to die to make things real and make things right. And uh, in a moment, we're going to do our candlelight stuff. We're going to sing together and have that, and I just love that part. Before we do that, uh, what I want us to do is we're just going to take a moment here and just pray together uh, because we fully understand that there, are, that there are people in our church family and in the guests that we even have with us, and even if you're watching online right now, we know there are people who are struggling through this season, and Maybe joy and peace and love and all that isn't like the words that you would describe for this. And I've talked to a couple different people who have family members in severe medical conditions and um, things that in a way sometimes even feel hopeless and hospice and COVID and all this stuff. And, and I don't know what it is for you. Maybe that's your situation. Maybe, maybe it's a mental illness thing or anxiety and depression are just like overwhelming you during this season. Maybe it's finances or a family thing, your marriage. I don't know what it is for you, but, but we're a church that just believes in the power of prayer 
And we believe that prayer changes things. Sometimes it changes our situations, but prayer uh, sometimes also changes us and our hearts and our perspective. And so I just want to take a moment and we're just going to pray together. Uh, And as I kind of pray, I want you to, in a way, close your eyes and personalize this moment and just kind of talk to God in your own way and tell him what you need. So let's pray. God, we, we worship you today. We are amazed by what you have done when you sent Jesus to die uh, and, and to be born, God. And we, we, we just, we look at this day and, uh, and we stand in awe. But God, we also just know that there are people here right now who are struggling, who are dealing with different circumstances and situations. God, sometimes even, some of them are things that are even hopeless situations in the world's minds. And so God, we just pray. We pray for people who are physically sick, for people with cancer, for people on ventilators with COVID stuff. God, we pray for supernatural things to somehow invade those hospital rooms and invade those lives, God, and those bodies. Lord, we pray for anxiety and depression God, that you would help and that people would know that you are here and that you are real and that you care. God, we pray for families, for marriages, God, that are hanging on by a thread. Let something in this moment and in this season, God, bring peace and hope to those situations. God, the list goes on and on. Lord, we, we need you. We are in need, and it's in your name we pray. Amen. Proclaim the holy birth 
and sing to God the King and peace to men on earth. How silently, how silently the wondrous gift is given. So God imparts to you the blessings of his end. No ear may hear his coming, but in this world of sin, where meek souls will receive him still, the dear Christ enters in. Oh, Holy child of Bethlehem, descend to us, we pray. Cast out our sin and enter in, be born to us today. We hear the Christmas angels. Abide with us, our Lord Emmanuel. And God, we just we just pause for a moment to remember on that day what you did when you sent your son to be born sent your son to eventually die for the sins of people. And so God, we put our faith in you. We put our trust in you. We thank you, God, for what you have done. And we remember right now the reason for the season. And it's in the powerful, beautiful name of Jesus we pray. And everybody said, Amen, amen. May you walk out these doors today remembering the, meet, the, the real meaning for the season, okay? The reason for the season. May you experience Jesus in, in everything you do with your family and, uh, and uh, everywhere you go. Thank you so much for coming today. You are dismissed.